0: Hello, welcome to Fuck Me Dead, the podcast that brings you the stories from Australia and it's buddies that just make you say, Fuck me
1: dead. I'm Amanda. And I'm CJ.
0: What? Tonight's top story.
1: <laughs> what the hell was that intro song that you just decided to?
0: I think it was the best I could remember of the old ABC. Oh my gosh. You know, like ABC kids cartoons programs in right. six. Yeah. And then like the dun 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 and I was like, Oh fun time's over, and I you would leave the room because i didn't watch the news because i was four
1: <laughs> you ever seen that bill bailey skit where he reckons that all of like australia's um news themes sound like something you'd do an interpretive dance to
0: huh no but i can see that
1: yeah should show you that later pendulum is that a band yes
0: they did a remix like a drum and bass remix of the old abc news oh, right. soundbite it was pretty good
1: <laughs> okay well now we've got all that frivolity out of the way <laughs> mm. let's get into the depressing the serious stuff. issues um. So, I think it's. You should be
0: aware by now. Mm. Yeah, and no I matter think It's too hard to avoid. Almost anywhere you are. But I mean, if there are other countries where they got their own things going on. Did you know Indonesia is underwater at the moment?
1: Yeah, I did know that. They got um, too much
0: rain. We have not enough rain. If only. We
1: need to, like, swap half.
0: Big fan <laughs> to push all their rain here. Yeah. I don't think they want to be on fire.
1: No. But I mean, like, maybe, like, we swap half heat for rain. We'll trade them half the drought
0: for yeah, half the monsoon. Exactly. You can do that, right? Sure. <laughs> It's all just a government conspiracy that we can't.
1: So, I mean, I have to admit, when I came up with the idea... For the podcast, this is not really the sort of thing I thought that I'd be covering. I more wanted to, you know, concentrate on silly stuff so that we didn't really have to think about the depressing stuff. But I think it's too hard to avoid at this point. I think we kind of need to talk about it. It I think it'd be weird if we avoided it. And it was
0: just difficult to even find stories that weren't about it at the moment. Anything new this week, and probably for the next coming weeks, unfortunately, months even, is just going to be... Fires. (sighs) Yeah,
1: Because we are on fire. (laughs)
0: We're on the biggest fire, probably. Um, um, Without (laughs) fact-checking, it's probably the biggest natural bushfire.
1: Okay, so I actually have the answer to that. Okay,
0: cool. We'll find out later.
1: Um, Well, for Australia, anyway, I didn't compare it to anywhere else in the world. Well,
0: certainly any of the major fires recently were already bigger than that.
1: Uh, Yes, and we're well on our way to being the biggest in Australian history, um, considering that we still have six weeks to go of... Bushfire season? Bushfire season. Let's be
0: honest, we've probably got more than that these days, of bushfire season.
1: I mean, we started early. We're going to finish
0: late. Maybe. The um, only way it ends early is that it all burns quickly and there's yeah. nothing left to catch fire.
1: Which, I mean, could happen. Yeah, we, we haven't hit it yet, but we're getting close. So I really? Think,
0: We've had a worse one before. Yes.
1: um, Jesus. In 1975. And at that time, Australia was in an extreme drought as well. Funny that. Yeah. um, So basically what I've tried to do is I've read, honestly, too much at this point (laughs) um, about the fires and tried to compile it into all one little handy overview, which I have to admit was so much more difficult than I thought it was going to be when I started doing it. And I got far more emotional about it than I thought I was going to. There are just so many stories, so many sad stories So many, like, really horrible things that have happened that when you sit down and read them all one after the other, it starts to really get to you.
0: Yeah, I spent most of yesterday morning just reading news stories and I didn't really want to do anything else for the rest of the day.
1: It's hard to sort of read social media at the moment without being bombarded with, shall we say, opinions... Mm. and I don't want to do that in this podcast because I feel like I've read too many arguments, too many, you know, left first right arguments that I don't really think that any of that is constructive. That's not leading us to an answer, that's just saying, I'm right, you're wrong, which still isn't doing shit for the actual people that are being affected by it. So, I mean, I think it's going to be hard to not express opinions as we're talking about it, but I don't want to start an argument, if that makes sense. Mm. Because I think, honestly, when I start reading out everything, the facts alone are going to be shocking enough without bringing in any of the other stuff surrounding it. Should I start? Yeah, Are you so. ready for this?
0: Because I think yours will be the worst, and then mine will sort of... Mine's a bushfire story, but it's not horrible.
1: <laughs> so, basically, what the plan is for this particular podcast episode is we're probably going to... The first half is probably going to be... Well, a bit more than the first half is going to be or bushfires, and then we're going to give you a couple of palate cleansers to uh, pull us out of the sadness Mm. of the fires, Um, or at least try to distract you for a minute. (laughs) Are you ready for this, though? This is not going to be a good time. Well, well, I mean, should I leave the room? No, but I mean, it's important to talk about, but it's not a great time.
0: I mean, there are movies that I highly recommend that aren't fun to watch, but they're really, really good.
1: That's true. Um, okay. All right, where do I even begin? Okay, so our bushfire season, not sure if you realize this as well, but it actually started in September.
0: And that's not normal, I assume?
1: Uh, That's the beginning of spring. (laughs) It's Mm. not meant to be that hot yet. (laughs) I mean, it is Australia, so it's probably a little bit hotter than the rest of the world, but abnormal. It's early. It's very early. I mean, if you think... Who
0: decides when it starts? Is that just when the fireys just go? It's now. No,
1: I think it's more like when the fires usually begin. (laughs) (laughs) I think the fires declare that it's bushfire season. In in saying that, we had fires as early as July. They were just outliers. So that is not normal. I just want to get that out there that that is not common. That's not what we usually experience. Usually our bushfire season starts mid-December. Yeah. I would say, um, and I'm just saying that from my own personal experience of living in Australia for over 30 years, that I generally don't think you really start hearing about bushfires until at least mid December. Yeah. However, we were hearing about it far before that. Yeah. At the moment, which I have to update my notes because I'm pretty sure I wrote this before the two people died in Can- on Kangaroo Island, so I'm pretty sure it's 22 people confirmed dead at this point. Which, when you consider the it's amount not- of land that's burnt, it's actually not that bad. I mean, yeah. it's terrible for the 22 people. I don't want to diminish their death, but... When you compare the amount of land burnt, it's the amount of life. homes destroyed yeah. versus how many people have actually lost their life. And think about other places. It's quite low. Like Ash Wednesday mm. and
0: stuff like that, where exactly. what, a couple hundred died, wasn't
1: I it? I think it bad. the thing is, we're experiencing less life loss because people are smarter. We're it. better about communicating. Yeah. And I think that's the main thing. Um, obviously, technology is better.
0: Because when those bots, because those fires were back in like 2009 when mm-hmm. we had smartphones, but they certainly weren't common, I would say. No. I don't think anyone in my family had a smartphone in 2009.
1: I don't, I also don't think that like there was organized to do door knocking and that kind of yeah. thing either. Like I think communication was a big reason. Why so many people died in those fires? Yeah, and I think now ten years later we're a lot better at that.
0: And also, I think people probably just think back to watching those fires because they weren't that long ago, really.
1: Not really. And years. I see. Th- I think that they're still quite fresh in Australians memory Mind.
0: yeah so people are, um, like don't want that But all things I, considered
1: that's quite i do think
0: though that also people are like oh well only 22 people have died so i can't don't be that think bad. about it like that but like that's just a terrible mindset
1: i think it is too no one should have died yeah and okay
0: those 22 people are gone but also think about how much of an impact it's gonna have on those of us who are left because how many do those 22 people know all their families and everyone they knew they're gonna yeah. be in grief their communities are probably gone all those homes are gone it's like what are you gonna do
1: Absolutely. In saying that, even though there's 22 people confirmed dead, there are 28 people still currently missing just in Victoria alone, so...
0: We're not a big state.
1: Yeah, so, um, I see that death toll rising.
0: I would be shocked if it didn't. I hope it doesn't, but um, it's, I mean, as we're talking, like you said, it's probably already out of date.
1: Um, it's definitely going to be out of date by the time this podcast goes live. For some
0: context, we're recording this on the 4th of January.
1: Which um, is Saturday. Saturday. And it will be released on the Wednesday coming. I dare say that a lot of this information is going to be outdated by the time you hear it, unfortunately, but I just couldn't really see any other way that we could cover it. Besides, I mean, all of this stuff has actually happened yeah. still, so... Um, so
0: as of 5pm on the 4th of January, yes, this is how it was. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. On Thursday so on the 2nd of January um, the New South Wales rural fire Service which from here on out I'm just going to refer to as the RFS um, have declared a tourist leave zone that stretches 200 Ks between Bateman's Bay all the way down the coast to Victoria that's a huge stretcher <laughs> that's not a coast
0: that's only in Victoria because then that's yeah, New South Wales yeah sorry that's so it's only, uh, that's there just to the coast, yeah. just to Victorian border, though. And the fire keeps going around part yeah, of Yeah,
1: so that was just like what the New South Wales RFS could say. I'm not really quite sure if Torres was it, Cf- CFA?
0: I don't know which one is, actually. Um, I'm sure I've written it down somewhere,
1: but... Certainly the entire
0: eastern half of the state is on fire.
1: So, I mean, that's alarming to begin with. So basically they don't want anyone there that isn't living there. and they want residents there. I dare say by Monday things will be in worse condition... As over this weekend, conditions are expected to be worse as strong winds and temperatures above 40 degrees, which is over 100 Fahrenheit for overseas listeners, um, have been predicted, which is perfect fire weather, wind especially. Okay, I'm already depressed. <laughs> I actually cried a couple of times when I was researching this. So it's possible it might happen again. Um, okay. I'm going to do this state by state because I couldn't really figure out how else to do it. Or I'm going to be giving you is stats, really. Because it is too hard to cover every fire and what's happened there because there is too much. Um, so we're just going to... Try and keep it a bit snappy. I'll mention a couple of major things, but most of it's going to be stats. So I think we should start in New South Wales, because that's the worst affected at present. At the time of recording, probably different by the time you hear it, uh, more than 110 fires are burning across New South Wales, with more than 50 currently out of control. Which is kind of, it's hard to picture in your head.
0: Yeah. And like, like, you
1: hear that number and it sounds
0: unreal. Like, which ones are, how do they judge which ones they have under control, I guess? The ones I can actually turn and stop moving?
1: Yeah. I mean, I have to admit, I don't know how they judge which are out of control and which are not.
0: Which ones are they running away from? I'm I guess. sure it's
1: probably very um, literal.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it probably come down to which ones are we just telling people to leave, and which ones are we like, oh no, stay put, we can do this. Yeah, line you, to a certain point, it gets too late to leave, and you get stuck back at staying put. Yeah, which leave early if you're in a danger area. I'm gonna, don't I'm gonna say this sit because sit around and think about it, just go.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna say this because as I read how people have died, you can replace your things, you can't replace you. So. If you are anywhere near a danger, just get out, just leave. Get you, your animals, whatever you need, and just leave. Don't stay. Uh So, 449 homes have been destroyed since New Year's Eve. It's the 4th of January. It's not really a long time. So, what,
0: 100 a day? Yeah. 110 a day?
1: <laughs> so, over 1,300 homes have been confirmed since July. Like I said, technically we had fires in July, but there were outliers. It didn't actually start until September and I mean I'm talking about homes destroyed as well so keep that in mind Some I'm not damage. talking about the ones that are damaged <laughs> mm. which I don't even think that they have real numbers for that yet I guess like another thing is that when we're talking about numbers keep in mind we can't get into a lot of these areas at this point so I dare say these numbers will rise quite a bit yeah. by the end of the fire season
0: good luck um, with the insurance it's all well and good to have insurance but when everyone's trying to claim it those companies can't afford to pay out
1: another thing is that if you rebuild there good luck getting insurance mm. Mm. Or being able to afford it. In New South Wales, this is where it starts to get really sad. Uh, 16 people have been confirmed dead. <sighs> okay, now I'm starting to feel a bit emotional about it. Volunteer firefighter Sam McPaul, who was 28, died when his truck flipped over in a fire tornado because they're a real thing that happens. I actually didn't know that that was a real thing that happens and yeah. until I seen a video of one, which I have to show you later.
0: I have seen them before there picture a tornado but a little bit smaller but it's on fire but
1: it's yeah completely on fire it's all fire it's um terrifying so yeah unfortunately he got caught in that
0: was he the one that's not the one of the two
1: no it was just because there's
0: a third one yeah
1: robert and patrick solway there was a father and his son who were trying to defend their home yep i read about them died and i was reading about them and his mother the father's mother so the guy's grandmother died like three days later
0: i read about one woman who landed in canberra went into i read about that too yeah so she didn't
1: include that in these stats just fyi
0: yeah so in canberra the other day the air quality was the worst in the world so i'll take that beijing
1: i don't think it's a competition we want to win <laughs> no
0: especially considering yeah so canberra doesn't even have a lot of industry right the air quality they're up on the mountains not a lot happens in canberra watch that hot air is coming out of parliament house uh, <laughs> Yeah, this lady got off the plane and the air quality was so bad she went into respiratory distress on the tarmac mm-hmm. uh, and died shortly afterwards.
1: And she was fine, apparently, before she got on the plane. Yeah. Laurie Andrew was 70, died in his home. This is a sad one. Uh, Jeffrey Keaton and Andrew O'Dwyer, both in their 30s, were both RFS volunteers who died when a tree fell and caused their vehicle to roll as they fought, uh, fought fires south of Sydney.
0: And then the ones we saw footage of where... His son was getting a medal posthumously for yeah. his father. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna mess that a bit later, but um, that photo really got me. Um, yeah, they both had young children, both married, had families
0: two or three days before Christmas.
1: It's horrible, yeah, it's, it's truly, truly horrible. Barry Parsons, 58, uh, was found in bushland, but um, apparently he lived in a shed nearby. He was a bit hard on his luck, didn't actually really have anywhere to live, and yeah, they found his body in bushland.
0: Probably wouldn't even know what it was coming till it was too late. He's out there and they're living in a shack like I, I
1: read the article about him and I didn't include this in my notes, but fuck, like it's horrible. His last Facebook post was about how it looked like the apocalypse outside. God. Julie Fletcher, who was 63, was found burnt out in a building at Johns River. George Knoll, this one's sad too, 85, at Glen Innes, died in his vehicle. He had been diagnosed with leukemia in 2014. His Health was quite bad and he wanted to die at home which is why he didn't leave. Vivian Chaplin was critically injured trying to defend her property and died in hospital the next day from her injuries. Bob Lindsay, 77, and Gwen Hyde, 68, died defending their property. And there are four more people who haven't been identified yet. Great.
0: So we've just got bodies. With-
1: I hate to say this, but the bodies are probably not in very good condition. No. Probably not the easiest to identify. I have a feeling that the ones that were in their house were probably the easiest because the they live there. So that's just New South Wales. <laughs> I have a lot more to go. So I guess the next state that's been affected the most is Victoria. So there's more than 50 fires currently burning. Victoria is quite a small state. Yeah. So that's... Second smallest, third. Are we including territories?
0: If we don't include territories, second. Yes. If you include territories, third. third.
1: Um. So the worst affected areas are East Gipp... G-
0: East Gippsland.
1: West affected areas are East Gippsland, the Northeast, and the Alpine region with evacuation orders in place for all of those areas. So they don't want anyone there, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, so I was about to talk about Malakuta next because I feel like that's the one that's gotten the most media coverage. Yes. Well, um, that's
0: the one where we've got a. To- Navy ship. You know it can only carry 700 people?
1: Yeah, there was like... 4,000. Yeah. yeah. Multiple ships. Some people got airlifted.
0: Yeah. Well, the other part is to get them on the boat, they've got to use a rope ladder. Oh so anyone goodness. who can't climb the rope ladder can't go on the boat.
1: I didn't even know that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so yeah, 4,000 people were trapped over New Year's Eve. Imagine that being New Year's Eve. So, I feel like if you've been on social media at all during this time, you've probably seen the photos of Mallacoota because they're all red. Yeah. You can all a red. result
0: by sticking your head in a traffic light.
1: No, seriously. I mean, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Um, that's so, many took shelter in their boats uh, just sitting offshore because they figured on water was the, the only... The ocean's probably not going to burn.
0: <laughs> yeah. So... Hopefully. Depends on how much crap's in it, I guess.
1: Um, so, there are literally photos of people hiding under blankets. That's wild to me as well because how hot would it have been?
0: Are the blankets wet?
1: I don't know. I mean, I didn't read anything. Get a wet (laughs) blanket thrown over your head, sit in the lake. (laughs) Wet, it's fine. So yeah, they were uh, eventually rescued by either being airlifted or by navy ship. Which is crazy that that was the only way out for them. By a navy ship. Yeah,
0: well, yeah, you can't get out on the, um, you can't go by road, so... Although, I did read some people turned up in, like, luxury yachts and got people out.
1: Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. Cause... I think that's, like, one thing that you can take away from, like, all these stories, is that you'll have all of this horrible, horrible stuff that I'm telling you about, but then on the other side of that, you have all these wonderful people mm. who are doing their best to help other people. A state of disaster has been declared in Victoria. Do, do you know what that means? I didn't know what that meant until I looked it up.
0: It's a state of disaster. There's a disaster No, but, like, if you
1: declare one, it, like, gives you more resources from the government and stuff like that.
0: So so I didn't know that. A certain someone actually has to do something.
1: So, yeah, if you declare a state of disaster, it does mean that they have access to more resources and gives you more powers to evacuate. Did not know that.
0: More powers to evacuate?
1: So I think, like, they can force more people out. Oh,
0: you can force people to go. Well, I guess you can't really. If someone wants to stay, they can stay. I mean, you
1: can't absolutely force someone but i think it does give them more power like to evacuate tourists and things like that um so i didn't actually know that that meant that i mm. just thought they were saying it's an emergency like do you know what i mean no. um, exactly. so it actually does do something. something okay <laughs> so at the moment the victorian government is trying to get more firefighters from the u.s so
0: the nice thing about their fire season being in the other half of the year is we trade resources yeah. So, approximately.
1: Like Elvis. So approximately 70 more firefighters are expected to arrive next week. At least these death confirmed lists are a lot less than New South Wales. It's only two people confirmed dead in Victoria. I'm not saying only... But you know what I mean. 67-year-old great-grandfather, Mick Roberts, was found dead in his home. And one other person who hasn't been identified. And I think it's deliberate that he hasn't been identified because he was found by his family. So Fair enough. So South Australia, uh, 20 bushfires currently burning um, with over 90 homes confirmed destroyed. They have had, well, at the time they started writing this, it was only two people. But two more have been confirmed since then. Hmm. which is the two people that died on Kangaroo Island, which they pretty much said that that bushfire, there was nothing they could do. Like it just went through. Which one's Kangaroo Island? It's just off South Australia. There's no land connection to it? I don't think so. I mean, it's an island, I guess. So the other three states that are currently being affected. I mean, Northern Territory hasn't been affected at all. But I mean, it's mostly desert. So it's mostly desert. Kind of makes sense. And then the
0: other part is all monsoonal, tropical. Yeah. So it's quite wet.
1: So they're probably going to be fine. But Queensland, at the moment, only seven bushfires currently burning. Same thing again, though. The top half of that state Queensland is tropical. Queensland does get quite bad usually though, right?
0: No, they get more floods, Floods, I'd say, than anything. Um, I'm actually surprised because we are heading into hurricane season. So I think we're going to unfortunately end up in a situation where the top half of the country is underwater and being blown away and the bottom half is on fire.
1: 45 homes confirmed destroyed in Queensland. How many? 45. 45. WA, I think that they're probably less affected as well because mostly desert. Not a lot of people. And not a lot of people. A lot of mines, um, but yeah. So, despite the fact that there are 40 bushfires currently burning in Western Australia, Western Australia is a huge state, though. It is. It takes up like half a third.
0: Yeah, it's huge
1: of the country. So, only one home has been destroyed. Fuck. So, and again, Tasmania, even though quite small, not as population dense. Mm. Um, So even though they have more than thirty bushfires currently burning, only one home has been confirmed Are destroyed. Fit thirty
0: bushfires in Tasmania.
1: I don't know. When I read that, I'm like, how? It is such a small. Uh, how big
0: does it have to be considered to be a bushfire? I
1: don't know. Because like I if don't it's, have if an if it's Small,
0: you just put it out. So like they've got to be substantially sized.
1: Well, it's currently burning, so they're not being put out, or they're too big to be put out.
0: Yeah. At least there, you've got again. It's quite cold, quite wet. So mm-hmm. hopefully, it shouldn't get too bad down there. But I mean, there's already thirty, which is. A lot more than I would have expected.
1: Yes. But, I mean, no deaths. One house. What about the thylacine? <gasps> no! Can
0: you imagine how awful that's going to be if that old mate from last week, he goes to find his thylacines and he finds the bones of them, but they're from, like, this fire season? I will cry. I don't know. Like, I will
1: actually cry. Imagine that. That would be so horrible.
0: They were alive and then this bushfire season took him
1: out. Okay, well, that just added another layer of depression on this depressing story. Sorry. Okay, so, um, total burned area. Is almost six million hectares. Like well, that number is,
0: doesn't really mean much to me. What is that? I've Sorry. heard someone saying that the the fire front, if you take the length of all the fires and add them together, stretches from, like, Afghanistan to, like, London or something Jesus. like that.
1: I guess, I don't know if this makes any more sense to you, but 15 million acres. It's too mm-hmm. hard
0: for me to picture it. I need, like, a...
1: I mean, I don't think anyone ever looks at that amount of land, Yeah, so like, but like it's, it's hard to picture. I think
0: that's why a like, lot of people say, like, that's approximately the size of Belgium. Yeah, but to give it some more
1: context. Like, that's easier to
0: picture for people, like, Belgium, are you? That's
1: a place. After reading out a list of all of that awful stuff, total deaths are twenty-two. Um, and the total lost homes are just over two thousand, which I guess doesn't sound like a lot for the entire country, but it is at the same time. How many
0: towns are actually gone? I think yeah, like like there are like the towns are small, but they're gone
1: and like those towns have entire communities that yeah. are now just have nothing. I guess there's another few Things that relate I'm also to given the cost situation. of housing
0: in Australia, also you could put in terms of money. So, how many houses are gone?
1: Over 2,000.
0: Over 2,000 homes. Each home in Australia is worth, what, a million on average? Median price per house in Australia is a million. There you go. So, there's $2 billion worth of property gone. Just residential property.
1: I was going to say, um, a lot of those people in rural areas, their houses would not be worth a million dollars, but they live on land. Yeah. Land that is now unusable I mean, for a while. I mean, the maybe. drought, that
0: has been unusable anyway. Well, yeah. So. Mm.
1: But, um, so I've got a few things that I'm going to go through. So we're going to talk about animals, unfortunately, which is not great either. What caused all of this? <laughs> the government's uh, response, which... What? What? <laughs> what? The federal or the state? <laughs> but also the state's <laughs> all of to have to do something. And then we're going to talk about fundraising. So I'll start with the animal stuff because I need to get that out of the way because it's too depressing for me to think about. Colleges at... The University of Sydney estimate around 480 million animals have been killed in these bushfires so far. So, again, that number is set to rise. Which includes 8,000 koalas, which koalas' population wasn't that high to begin with. I mean, I don't think they're... Are they protected animal?
0: They are protected, but not... I don't know if they're... But they're, they're not re-
1: endangered. They're protected, but not endangered. Probably I'm endangered
0: not sure. endangered now. Um, well, yeah, now. I think... Like, a protected animal is also, like, an animal we actively try and protect kind of thing. Not necessarily yeah. just because they're, like... I think most native Australian um, animals are protected, except for things like kangaroos.
1: kangaroos. <laughs> well, that was my other point in, in this part, is that it is feared that 30% of the koala colony in New South Wales has been destroyed.
0: I mean, koalas are not very fast creatures, and they're certainly not very that smart was something creatures.
1: That was mentioned in the articles that I read, is that they're not fast enough to outrun the flames, so... No,
0: no, they're, they're quite... They're slow. They're dumb. They're
1: yeah, they're not the sharpest tools in the They gen. eat a
0: stupid food. And they don't drink a lot of water. In fact, they don't drink any water usually. If you see a quad no. actively drinking water, it's there's, a, something there's wrong. a big problem there. Yeah. That said, though, there is one animal who's probably absolutely loving it right now. There's this one messed up bird that they have here in Australia, right? This fucker sets fires.
1: Well, okay, I didn't actually include this in my notes and <laughs> I kind of regretted it afterwards. But the Australian environment is designed to be burnt. It does burn. It's meant to burn. It can only regenerate from being burnt. Yeah. So that's like, I guess, evolution over millions of years designed to... Well, The climate regenerate. was
0: like it here where things just catch fire and all the species evolved. Yeah, that's the one, what I mean. The ones who couldn't survive it, they're already gone. Yeah. Um, granted, now we're probably getting bushfires in places where historically there haven't been
1: bushfires. But I mean, okay, classic example, which I think if you think about like Australian vegetation, it's probably the one that sticks out in your mind and that's the gum tree. Yes. Is literally designed to be burnt.
0: That's mm. actually why the California fires were so bad. <laughs> yeah. Because after a hundred years of the the Australians sold these trees to the Californians, right? Mm-hmm. Like hundred years ago. Yeah. Like a source of wood. They take forever to bloody grow. And then they burn like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as well, I was reading, a lot of the fires they hit old eucalyptus forests in California and that's why the blazes <laughs> were so bad. So yeah.
1: So Sorry I, about basically that. what happens is is in a you know, gum tree, you have gum nuts. Mm. And they have seeds in them. And as soon as they get past a certain certain temperature, they explode, put seeds all around where it exploded, and then the trees regrow. Like, literally, their design is to be burnt. So So none of this are we saying that bushfires are abnormal for Australia. We have a bushfire season every year. Yeah. This tends to happen. And what tends to happen is that, aside from, you know, human loss or houses lost, everything else regrows. Pretty quickly. Yeah, it's just the scale of this... It's kind of like the Nile
0: flooding. Happens regularly. Mm. The actual environment around it sort of does well out of it. But unlike a Nile flood where people can like, I guess like you build your homes, you can sort of repair for a flood better than a fire. A fire is a fire.
1: And when you have it tearing through houses or like the koala colony that was in New South Wales, not so easily replaced
0: Yeah, so just going back to my quick point there, the black kite, otherwise known as a fire hawk, is an Australian native raptor or bird hawk kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, they actively start fires because they have, I don't know when, but they've started, they've recognised that when there's a fire, animals run and they're really easy prey for them. And they will actively go, they pick (laughs) up like burning embers and drop them elsewhere to start another fire to get more food.
1: Fuck these birds.
0: So even if like you got all the arsonists and the weather's fine some bloody birds gonna come along and start another fire somewhere
1: We have all of this loss essentially from these fires so how the fuck they start so how many have
0: been deliberately started this year i want to know there's
1: no i tried to find that number and i could not
0: they're probably not mentioning it so they don't want people to go oh i'll go start a fire and maybe we shouldn't but if
1: you're an arsonist
0: fuck fuck you you, get help
1: so like i said australia does have bushfires every year we do have a bushfire season every year that (laughs) is the thing that happens however this year due to the worsening drought now i read that and i went you know what most of my life Australia's been in drought.
0: When I moved here, you guys are in a bad drought. Then it and broke then for a bit. it broke. Because that's just the El Nino, El Nino cycle, whatever it is. Yeah. And now we're back in it. Yeah. It does happen. Again, it's part of the regular cycle.
1: Uh, so apparently the drought condition is really bad at the moment, overall. And we've had the lowest rainfall ever recorded um, between January and August this year. That last year, sorry. Keep forgetting we're in 2020. Mm. Um, so basically you've got really dry conditions... No rain in sight. I'm not sure what else you think was going to happen. All you need is one good lightning strike to start a fire, <laughs> which it lands somewhere.
0: You don't even need that, though. Because sometimes it's just... there's interesting thing about strike because if it doesn't burn, shit piles up on the forest to bush floor, and then that gets really hot in the summer and that just it combusts.
1: So I read um, an interview with uh, someone who's been studying climate change, which I know is a bit controversial to talk about, but they were talking about whether climate change could realistically be a factor in um in everything that's happening at the moment and he said that no fire can be started by climate change alone but the higher temperatures the dryness the worsening drought worse fire season and extreme bursts of weather all align with climate change projections so he's saying fire not necessarily a direct link climate change but everything surrounding it kind of is
0: i mean we're just sort of (laughs) making it more ideal conditions for it exactly kind of thing you know it's that whole like which cigarette cause a lung cancer kind of thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so it is, but it isn't at the same time. Now we're going to talk about the thing that I think everyone's getting a bit hot under the collar about, and that's the government's response <laughs> to this. <laughs> and I will bite gonna... my tongue. <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to have to keep your I in I check. I
0: even, I'm, I'm not a citizen. I certainly don't vote. Not in my own country, soccer compulsory, and I don't live there, so I feel like I really don't get it i i feel like i shouldn't have a say in the policy of a country i don't even live in kind of thing i think it's fair enough but then
1: you don't get a say in the policy of the country you do live in
0: yeah and it is part of me is like even if i was eligible for citizenship here which i'm not i've lived here for what 17 years almost i'm still not eligible for citizenship thanks australia (laughs) i don't particularly want it anyway uh but right now i'm like god i wish i had a vote just
1: i'm just gonna say gotta vote against i'm not gonna get too heated about this i'm gonna try to really keep my emotions in check on this one I did not vote Liberal. I'm just going to say that. I didn't vote him in.
0: I mean, technically, no one voted him in initially. He just sort of fell upwards.
1: But I mean, in the election, I didn't vote for him. Back in April, 23 former fire and emergency services chiefs from across the country requested to meet with the prime minister, but it was declined. Yes. They wanted to warn of the climate crisis making bushfires deadlier and the season longer and wanted to call the government to act on it. But they didn't get a chance to say anything to him. What did the government do instead? Nothing. They cut funding. They cut the funding, which is literally my next point. Well,
0: that, that's that was my segue for you. <laughs> <laughs> this probably your
1: next point. So, under the 2019 to 2020 New South Wales state budget, and I'm going to concentrate on New South Wales here because they're the only ones that have actually released their figures properly. Or the only ones that I could find, anyway. Mm. Because I did look, but I couldn't find anyone else. I
0: mean, New South Wales usually gets the most money. They've got the most people.
1: They are most affected. Yeah.
0: So usually they get the majority. Mm -hmm. So like, you can sort of, I guess, scale it back by population with percentage point to adjust for how much money different places are getting.
1: So two other um, states got funding cuts, but I couldn't find the figures anywhere. So,
0: (laughs) From what I've heard, we got a big tax break this year in Australia. Everyone got $1,000. And from the sounds of it, it came from this fire cut.
1: I'm not sure that that's the case. It
0: sounds like that's because what got I'm going to tell the you money. the
1: figures, and it's not as much as you think it is. A
0: couple of hundred million, isn't
1: it? No, no.
0: So were they that badly okay. funded? They couldn't even take a hundred million.
1: What happened was is because I read a very in-depth article about it and the guy who wrote it was named um, Tarek Brooker and he wrote a piece for the Independent Australia mm-hmm. and he covered it very thoroughly and did a really good job on it. So I'm going to highly recommend you go read that one for yourself.
0: Yeah. We'll link it on Twitter.
1: We will link it um, because it was a really good article because he actually explained why people thought the cuts were bigger than they were. And basically what happened was is fire services got a lot more money the year previous for big purchases like the plane, ah. and that sort of thing. Okay. So when it said the budget for this year is this much, it looked like a massive cut. But the day-to-day cut was not actually as big as you think it is. It okay. was cut, however. Fire and Rescue had its day-to-day operations budget cut by $12.9 million, which is still a lot of money. Um, and the RFS had its budget cut by $26.7 million. It's a lot of money when you look at it. I'm sure, like, day-to-day, that is probably still affecting them. Mm. It's not as big as I feel like what is advertised. Because I've seen like 115 million. Yeah. So apparently fir- that's because okay. Last the big posters purchases- to get rid of. Which is fair the enough. We do need to upgrade
0: rubbish. the equipment from time to time. But yeah. Yeah.
1: It's not as bad so as advertised. It's still it bad. really is. But it's still not great. <laughs>
0: yeah. But think about like the stuff that people are donating. Where it's just like. Water and food. It's yeah. not that
1: expensive. No. So the twelve so that's million dollars. go I, a that, long That's way. exactly what I thought when I read that. I'm like twelve point, like nearly thirteen million dollars. That's a lot of money. That could have gone into really everyday things that for could. these guys. I
0: mean, that would. St- I wouldn't have to work again for the rest of my life with that amount of money, and it's not a lot of money. And I mean, the I RFS could,
1: was cut by twenty six point seven million.
0: I could buy ten houses in Australia with twelve million dollars.
1: Because of these cuts, a lot of that funds the national parks and wildlife services so they were unable to conduct as many backburns yeah so the backburns were decreased by 26 percent. we have a lot of national parks here
0: yeah
1: they're usually really big i think the
0: other part is full of trees the (laughs) conditions have also been too bad to backburn where it's not safe to do it because there's not enough for, for backburning you need a day that's like cool and wet but yes. not windy, and with the current conditions, it's always hot and it's always dry, and there's always a bit of a wind. Because yeah. then you can't go back burning, because you're just going to start a fire.
1: Yeah, which exactly. is the
0: point of back burning, but not one that gets out of control and <laughs> exactly. becomes a disaster. It's so. meant to be
1: very under control. So it, it's the thing where it's like, why
0: aren't we back burning? It's there's not enough money, there's not enough people, yeah. and the conditions are too fucked. We can't.
1: There were also cuts to the fire services budgets in Queensland and Victoria as well, but I couldn't find the actual figures for them as much as I googled my heart out. Could not find the actual figures for them, Um, but I think it was to a much lesser extent. This is where you have to keep your emotions in check, because PM then took a holiday to Hawaii. Our Prime Minister, the leader of our country... Who paid for that. ...looked around and said, the country's on fire, I'm going to take a holiday with my family.
0: To be fair, he had the holiday planned he did back have in it, July. He did
1: have it planned. This is a planned holiday. And his holiday. family
0: could have still gone on the holiday. They could have. But he should have stayed behind.
1: I think as a leader of a country that's pretty much in crisis, it's a bad look.
0: Or you should at least tell the people you're leaving, which he also yeah, didn't do. He
1: didn't, he didn't yeah, he didn't make an announcement, I guess. He didn't tell anyone where he was going.
0: He told the media not to tell people he was in Hawaii.
1: Yes. <laughs> The whole thing was just handled very, very poorly. So on top of this, the New South Wales Minister for Emergency Services, David Elliott, went on holiday to Europe.
0: Yeah, this was after the disaster and after Scott Morrison came back. Yes, the New South Wales guy was like, "I'm going to go to London."
1: I'm sure this was planned previously as well. I'm sure but these all planned. Holiday. You would
0: see the public reaction to what Scott Morrison was doing. Why did you think you could get away with it?
1: That's what I don't understand. He did it afterwards, and I mean, obviously people got and very he didn't even upset. come
0: back early. He took the whole holiday. He
1: did. Basically, two people that we should be looking to for guidance in this time just went on holiday. And obviously people were very upset about that. I don't blame them. It's a very difficult one because I personally think it was the wrong move. I don't think it was right. But on the other hand, he's still a human who is not anywhere near perfect.
0: He is far from it.
1: And he also has a family. He's not a firefighter. I don't. I still don't think that he should have left. No, that a lot is of the exact like, wrong time for a leader to there, leave their there country. There are people <laughs>
0: who are like, well, "What do you want him to do? Hold the hose?" And that's no, not, that's not his job. No, no, he's not going to do that. But what have like pri- previous leaders done during the disaster? They've been here. Um, I don't remember they've his met name. Met with people back in 1994, like, '94. There were bad fires. The- that premise. Remember Paul Keating? I think so. Yeah, Paul Keating. Yeah. You know what he did? He paid the volunteers back in 1994. He decided, no, we are going to pay them.
1: He was he, Scott Morrison has finally agreed to that, but
0: it took a lot of pushing.
1: As I was going to say, I feel like previous Prime Ministers, when we've had... Previous Prime
0: Ministers did stuff. Scott Morrison did, just yeah. waits until we force him to do something, and then he usually fucks it, it up.
1: It does sort of seem that way at this point. I don't agree that it was wrong for him to go on holidays, but I do think he should have put it off. You
0: know what he should have done? Mm-hmm fix the problem, and then take a holiday. Because people would be like, oh yeah, good job, you deserve a holiday because you helped us during the crisis. I think the whole thing is a bit of a... Shit show?
1: PR blunder for him.
0: Which is kind of fucked, considering he's from a marketing background. He, is, this, he really should know. Hence the hashtag keeps turning Scotty, Scotty from, from marketing. <laughs> yeah.
1: In saying that, he did cut his holiday short, he did return to Australia, and he did sort of try occasionally to do things. He
0: tried to get photo <laughs> opportunities to make him look good.
1: There are some other things that he has done that are actually useful. And I'm going to mention those because okay. I, fe- I feel like they don't get mentioned enough in between all of the yelling about how terrible he is. <laughs> okay? Uh, <laughs> I'm really sounding like I'm on his side when I'm really not, but I'm trying to be, like, politically fair. correct and fair and try to present both sides. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Prime Minister did announce that volunteers would receive $300 a day for up, up to $6,000 in total if they were called out for more than 10 days this fire season. That's something. That's a good thing. But that was it.
0: initially only in New South Wales.
1: My next sentence. And then sentence.
0: people <laughs> had to force him to do the other states.
1: Apparently that's not true. That's not true? That's not true at all. Okay. So when he announced it, he did say it was only applicable to the New South Wales RFS because at the time they were the most in need, but other states and territories could request help and would be offered the same scheme. So all they had to do was ask. Well,
0: they shouldn't need to ask. They shouldn't
1: really need to, but they Is could. that when that
0: whole, like, they need to announce a state of emergency before he would give them the money?
1: It sort of seemed like from what I read, pretty much they just had to request assistance and they would get it. So I feel like that's sort of the problem with how things are being sold to us at the moment. I really do think it is well worth your while to just keep reading and read as many different sources as possible because I feel like some things are being presented in a way that's not wholly truthful. It sounded like he made the announcement in New South Wales because they were saying, we need something. So he went there and said, okay, I'm going to give you something. This goes through all the other states, they just have to say they need it. That's, I feel like, not what was reported to people. Yeah. I spent quite a long time reading different news sources this morning, and yeah, I feel like some things are being skewed a little, but I think it just depends on who owns that (laughs) news company, but Mm. this morning, it was announced that he also deployed 3,000 members of the Australian Defence Force Reserve to assist with the bushfire crisis. I put in my notes, fucking finally. (laughs) (laughs) Like, literally, it's in caps. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also said if we need more of them, he will give us more of them. So I kind of feel like he's starting to do the right thing. <laughs> Hopefully, this trend continues and we actually start getting some assistance from the government. That would be ace. are going to talk about fundraising because... I feel like, unfortunately, because the world functions on money, people need money. So there's been a couple of really cool things that I read about while I was reading, and that is, the first one is the Australian comedian Celeste Barbers has read more than $4 million just by asking people for it. That's a lot of money. I
0: heard it was up to seven now. Oh, like, so, I okay. Well, when I the... read that, but it was my... 4000000 million.
1: million. I'm, I'm not telling people that they should be going out and spending all their money yeah. <laughs> helping mm. these people, but my heart really does go out to them because... Entire communities have nothing. Like, what, what would you do if you were in that situation? Do you know what I mean? I would hope that someone would help me because I mean, I can't imagine rebuilding your entire life. Tennis Australia has organised an exhibition match in Melbourne to raise funds for the bushfire relief and recovery efforts. Yes.
0: Which I did has insane. What? I was going to talk about Nick Curios.
1: I don't have that. That's the oh, only thing I so have about
0: Nick it. so Kira said that for every ace he hits this season, he'll donate $200. Nice. Again, I looked at how much he's worth. I don't know much about tennis, so I don't know what an ace is. I was
1: going
0: to say, I don't think people really like him, do they? No, he's a bit of a little <laughs> twat from sounds of it. But, like, I don't know what an ace is or how many of them he hits. $200, I hope he hits a lot of aces, because he's worth a couple is of it? million as well. Okay. Hang on, let's, let's look at it. What is an ace? In tennis, an ace is a legal serve that is not touched by the receiver winning the point. So that's when they smack Ah, the out straight away.
1: So I kind of imagine. I don't know how good he is. I don't know anything about tennis. So I feel like I I can't give an opinion. I can't give an opinion.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm also like $200 per ace. He better be fucking good. Because, like, that's not a lot of his own money at the end of the day. Nick curious if you listen to our podcast... (laughs) He's not. I know you're not. But on the (laughs) off chance you hear this, you better be fucking amazing at tennis (laughs) and you better hit, like,
1: a hundred aces, I swear to God. So if I guess if you are looking for ways to help, I'm going to link an article in the show notes because it gave a lot of good ways you can personally help out. So a couple of things that it mentioned is that you can help the firefighters by donating direct to the RFS or the CFA. So you can help out wildlife because there are so many burnt koalas, they kind of need it. Um, so you can either donate to Wires or the Port Macquarie Koala Hospital, which we have actually been to. It's
0: a lovely place. It was um, very
1: sad and I cried.
0: Well, yeah, the Koala Hospital is good. They don't have a lot of space, but Koala's at least a kind of communal, I think. They don't mind being near each other.
1: So when it comes to helping people who are actually affected, I am going to recommend doing your own research about who to donate to because some of those companies don't always do the best things with the donations they get. So I'm not going to list any by name. I think it's just important to do your own research. In saying that, I also think there are lots of people who are going to actual um what's the word i'm looking for
0: evacuation center
1: yes that sort of thing with like food and whatever they need you can probably donate your manpower somewhere as well i was gonna say if if you you don't don't... have the money or you don't have the resources you can probably donate yourself (laughs) um not literally but donate your time is what i meant (laughs) um which is also i'm sure they need it
0: what was that one you showed me earlier, so that girl on Twitter? She was a sex worker and she's...
1: Yeah, she was uh DMing nudes.
0: Yeah, if you make a donation <laughs> and prove it to her, you, she'll send you nudes.
1: For every $10. So, so...
0: fellas, if you want that, ladies. I
1: mean, it's an option. <laughs> she raised a couple of thousand when we checked, didn't she?
0: Yeah. Yeah, she, she was Sto- like, to you, had to make it, you had to make a minimum of like a $10 donation yeah, or something.
1: Yeah, $10. Every $10 you donate, she'll send it's you a like, nude.
0: A nude. Uh, and I think so she if had, you
1: donate 50 bucks she'll send you five yeah
0: didn't she have like a couple of like a hundred and something donations when we checked it yeah, yeah. so
1: um, you know she's, she's doing what she can <laughs> she's using her own talents to raise awareness and uh, good on her um, I mean, I've seen a fair bit from people in other industries doing the same thing, yeah. uh, like you know, uh, online content creators, like streamers or artists who are you know I think giving I saw away a stuff. Free or... commission,
0: like Twitch was going to organize a big donation event.
1: There's yeah. an Australian organisation called Gener- G- Generosity. I'll link them as well. They're Generosity, doing some... yeah, okay, they're, okay. they're they're doing some good stuff there at the moment, trying to get a bunch of Twitch streamers on board to raise money. Um, so there's plenty of things going on that we can all. Try and help with. Okay, I've been talking for so long and this is my last point. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I feel like we need to give a really special shout out to one really good egg, really, really good egg, um, who I think most people are kind of looking to in this crisis. Who do you think I'm going to say? Because you're giving me the weirdest look. I think you're about to mention the opposition leader. No, I'm not. No. Okay, good. No, someone who's actually doing things.
0: doing <laughs> you know stuff, as a previous Who's doing stuff?
1: You've seen him on TV a lot. You might not know his name, but you would know his face.
0: Well, just tell me then.
1: We're gonna. I want to shout out Shane Fitzsimmons. He is the New South Wales Rural Fire Service Commissioner. Ah, <laughs> uh,
0: I think I read about him earlier.
1: He, I have to admit, I started crying when I was reading his backstory today, but he's just a general all-round good egg in this crisis. Um... So, a bit of background on him. He started volunteering at the Duffy's Forest Rural Fire Brigade in 1985 when he was 15. Um, In 2000, his father, who was a volunteer as well at the same place, was killed in a bushfire in Karingai Chase National Park during an out-of-control hazard burn. This is why we don't backburn when the conditions are not good. So, I think for a lot of people, you would go, okay, I killed my father. Fuck this shit. I'm not doing it anymore. He kind of did the opposite. He said that the tragedy well, made him even more passionate. As well, he
0: you knows what it's like for everyone else who goes through it.
1: Exactly. So. so, he was appointed the New South Wales Rural Fire Service Commissioner in 2007 and has been praised by pretty much everyone I could find online. Um, about how he's handled what's going on currently. He's pretty much been on TV most days and he Yes, he
0: was the one handing the medal to the boy. Yeah, it's a really moving photo. Well, I guess you can sort of relate to it.
1: <sighs> yeah. Just I think
0: the kids in the same position he was in.
1: I think the reason why people like him so much. I mean, not only is he actually doing shit. He's like doing he's not he's job. not just jumping on TV and telling you what's going on. He's he goes there. He's still active, like an active presence. Do you know what I mean? When you see him on TV, he's an actual human being. He's not just saying stuff off a script. Do you know what I mean? There's this one video of him where he's talking about the two um, volunteers that died. The, I think that were the first ones. They not? were the
0: first two, yeah. When the tree um, fell on there, oh. he
1: actually get so emotional he can't keep speaking. I kind of think that more people in charge could do with a bit more of that to show that they're actually still human who are empathetic and... I often
0: think about like how I'm like, I don't know if I could do a job like that because I, I, I cry I at the drop of the hat kind of thing. So I'd be like... Like, oh, maybe people would, like, accept, like, respect that I'm on TV and Clue. But then they'll like, this guy's too emotional to bloody lead.
1: <laughs> I think the thing is, like, I I cried watching that video mm. because I get emotional watching other people be emotional. Like, I'm getting teary thinking about it. <laughs> There's also this amazing photo where he presented Harvey Keaton, who was the son of Jeffrey Keaton.
0: With his dad's posthumously awarded commissioners commendation for bravery and service.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, I don't know, I think it's an amazing photo. And I You've think- You've
0: probably seen it. Yeah.
1: Probably. the
0: kid's four, three. He is so he tiny; doesn't really understand what's happening. I don't which think is kind so. Upsetting,
1: very sad. But yeah, I think the reason that people are, like respect him so much is that he's in charge, but he's also a person yeah. who is, you know, empathetic with families. And I kind of feel like he takes the deaths, especially of volunteer firefighters, very personally. Well, you um, have to
0: after having had one. Yeah,
1: so sure. I just, yeah, I just think he's an all-around good egg in this horrible situation. I wanted to end it on a semi-good note. I'm sorry, that was really, really long. Please. I have been talking for too long.
0: So <laughs> have fun ending this. this be a long <laughs> episode because we still have got two stories, uh, three stories to go.
1: So we want some palate cleansers after all of that horribleness.
0: <laughs> so I've got a story about the flies as well. Um, it's not <laughs> like that, though. It is a little bit more
1: I, I nice. hope it's a story of hope. Kind of. I... The story that I picked, just so you don't get shocked, is fucking stupid. Yeah. Just as part My other
0: stories, are we'll a little of throwback to Christmas, but we'll start here. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: Uh, I was worried my story was going to be really long. I'm sorry. And now I'm worried <laughs> I'm not going to get through it quickly enough to keep this at a reasonable length <laughs> for an episode. So, uh, have you ever heard of Mogo? The town of Mogo?
1: I do not know where that is.
0: What about Mogo Zoo? Otherwise I know. now known as Mogo I Wildlife mean, Park.
1: it's a zoo, but I don't know where that is.
0: Uh, it's... Down Southern Coast, um, I've been there. Cool little zoo. It was actually recently bought by Featherdale Wildlife Park, like in oh, November.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: So it's recently been. So it used to be a private zoo, and now it's owned by Featherdale Wildlife Park. Uh, and so my story is about the zoo, and that whole area has pretty much burnt down. The end. No, uh,
1: <laughs> no are they okay?
0: We're about to find out. Uh, so I went to a lot of sources for this because- I really hope they're okay. I a don't know if they can handle it. a lot of people were reporting on Mogo Zoo. Coming in, I'll just read several of the headlines I'm using here. Uh, so I used Mogo Zoo's Twitter and Facebook page. You can look them up. The Mogo Wildlife Park now on Twitter and Facebook or Mogo Zoo will still find them. Heroic job. Mogo Zoo staff protect animals threatened by out-of-control New South Wales fire. That's from news.com.au's Sarah McPhee. And also from the ABC News, who didn't list who wrote the article. Rude. Uh, Mogo Zoo say from New South Wales bushfire by wildlife staff, with one taking monkeys and pandas home.
1: Oh, um, can you imagine taking your panda home?
0: <laughs> Red pandas. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> so they're little pandas, they're not big sized bears. Yeah, so Mogo Zoo is a small zoo. It's down in the middle of. It's just out of Batemans Bay. If you pretty much like. You go to Canberra and then you drive, there's a road that sort of goes out east and south to the coast that goes through Mogo, kind of thing. Very small town. I've been through it. They've basically got two streets that meet at a T intersection. Mogo, small heritage town, east of the West Coast. Yeah, about 300 people live there. So I guess the key points we're looking at here. Um, so Mogo Zoo, primed approximately 200 animals, including Australia's largest collection of primates. And I did go there and they do have a great selection of primates. And those is they're all surrounded by moats because monkeys aren't very good at swimming because they're all mussels, so they just sink and drown. Ooh. So a good way to present them is in a moat because then they're not behind cages and bars. Right. But they're not going anywhere because they're living on the little islands. Okay. <laughs> um. But yeah, they've got a lot of monkeys and they've got a lot of apes and gorillas and things like that there. Okay. So if you get the chance, thankfully, go to Mogo Zoo. Uh, it is still there. I will say that.
1: So this is a happy ending?
0: This is a bit of a happy ending. for okay, now. good. <laughs> I do say that on January 4th, there are still fires in the area. It's not over yet, but...
1: Maybe don't travel there.
0: Things Just are looking up. Don't, right now. Don't, don't go right now. Just wait. Yeah, so they've got larger collection of primates. They've also got zebras, white rhinos... Uh, which there only used to be 50 of those, back up to 18,000 now, so things are going good for the white rhino.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, white lions, which they had when I was there. Tigers, giraffes. They've also got a couple of snow leopards. I don't remember that. Um, Yay! And they've got, like, an eating area. I love snow leopards. When you go in, there's, like, a little eating area you get there. And, like, next to it, they've got, like, gibbons in a cage, Mm. so you can eat right next to the gibbons. It's really cool. (laughs) I liked Mogazoo a lot. Have I ever talked about that
1: time that I screamed, it's a Gibson in front of people? (laughs) I don't know what the fuck I was it's thinking. It's a Gibson guitar. <laughs> oh, it's a Gibbon, actually. I seriously don't know what I was
0: thinking. Um, it was embarrassing. Yeah. So an, evaction, an evacuation. An evacuation order was called for Mogro about six a.m. on Tuesday, which was New Year's Eve. Uh, oh. Staff at the zoo stayed and enacted their fire plan. Oh, uh, I will mention, though, unfortunately, the town of Mogro itself not fared as well. At least one business is completely gone, but it's only a small town. But it sounds like a lot of it is actually still standing, which is kind of nice. Okay. When I went through there, it was wet raining, so in my head I'm like, that's what it's like all the time. can <laughs> it burn down, but yeah, fuck it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that's um, not the way it is, but yeah. Can- a lot of
0: this actually is, I'm just going to be directly quoting the current zoo director, Chad Staples, because most of the articles were just his direct quotes. So yeah, Mogo Zoo director, Chad Staples, took the animals home. Quote, Right now in my house, there's animals of all descriptions in all different rooms. They are safe and protected. Not a single animal lost. No one mentioned I'm combining lots of quotes here together, just to make it easier to read. The zoo's plan was always to defend the site, so they were never going to leave. Even though they were told, like, the thing got surrounded, basically, on all sides Mm -hmm. by fire, and they're like, no, we gotta stay. We're always gonna defend the site because we could make it safe here for the animals. Uh, we got out and watered everything we possibly could right now in my house. There's animals of all description, I've already read that, uh, they're safe and protected. So he took a bunch of monkeys and a bunch of red pandas amongst other things in his house
1: I want red pandas in my house I'm
0: just trying to think like red pandas you can kind of put them in a cat carrier I guess <laughs> yeah I, I'm just like where are you putting them though They just because I can't imagine the conditions are great but also like a lot of I've like got the people who, have the, who work in these jobs they've got mini enclosures in their houses anyway so maybe mm. especially
1: if it's like a small small town
0: yeah, dental, yeah. Uh, so it was him and 12 people stayed behind at the zoo to defend it it is only a small zoo but it's still quite big for only 12 people uh, and they're all, 12 they're all people? okay and they're just zoo staff They're not like firefighters or anything, they're zoo stuff. Um, so... But I
1: mean, I can't... I know what you're
0: thinking. You can't put lions and shit away in his house, though.
1: Obviously. Yeah. But, I mean, the thing is, I guess because I'm an animal lover, if I worked at a zoo, I wouldn't leave either. Yeah. You you, work with those animals every day, you probably have a connection to them. How the fuck could you just turn away and let them burn?
0: Yeah, quoting again, Chad, what we did with the dangerous animals, your lions, tigers, orangutans, and yeah, orangutans are dangerous, they will rip your arms off.
1: Yeah, we don't want that.
0: <laughs> we encouraged them to the night dens, kept them calm and like acted like nothing was happening, and we were able, if needs to protect them, them. So Basically, the night dens are big concrete structures.
1: Probably wouldn't burn anyway.
0: So they're pretty, you just gotta wet them, they'll be fine, kind of thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so basically, let's lock them up in their night cages for a couple of days, by the sounds of it. Which is a bit shitty for the animal, but...
1: Probably better than death.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the only animals we saw any sorts of signs of stress in were the giraffes and the zebras.
1: I mean, um, they are nervous little souls.
0: They are. He says that was probably more to do with the activity of us being all hands on deck as well, because they know when things are out of the ordinary. Like when I had to buy time at the zoo, they get really upset by the daylight savings change because the schedules mm. get messed up and like, what's going on? And then what changes back, they're just like, it's not feeding time yet. We'll come in now.
1: Kind of like, our cats do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: You have to imagine the smell of smoke does set the animals off. Mm. Uh, any animals that we could move out with enclosures, moved to my house, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, and then we just drove up and around. Whenever we ever saw a flame spring up, we were just jumping onto it. So they were just driving around the zoo, and as fires were starting at the zoo, they were putting them out. Because obviously they've wetted everything they could, but yeah. all these embers are still landing, and they're just like, well, there's one there. You know, so like, driving around the zoos in their little golf carts, taking out fires.
1: When I was looking stuff up earlier and like watching a lot of videos... You know, like, you hear, like, embers landing, and you think you have a picture of that in your mind, but then when you actually see a video of it, it's so different than what you think. Is it kind of just like... <sniffs> it's not just one ember.
0: Yeah, true, actually.
1: It's hundreds.
0: Mm. Well, as this is this Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Um, we didn't have a single fire truck come to us. Oh, no. So, staff efforts, so without they, a doubt, they, saved the zoo. I was gonna they, say, did, they it did, did it all themselves. themselves, yeah. So, animals still up inside their enclosures for the most part. The sprinklers in the park have been running constantly. They have stopped because they're out of water yeah but that's how they're keeping it wet there's a really cool image and i've got it here of the giraffes grazing along with the fires burning in the background
1: oh my gosh
0: so i think that's a good one we'll probably yeah that we'll definitely um, post that it's crazy might
1: Um, I hadn't seen that in all the the research I did this morning. Didn't see it once. I mean, the the problem
0: is there's so much news and there's a lot, it's a lot, but it moves so quickly. You are likely to miss stuff, I guess.
1: I mean, yeah, that's one thing that I was going to say at the end of the episode. I'm sure there are so many things that I did not cover or that were missed out. There is just too much to cover in like an episode of a podcast.
0: So as I said, um, I mean I wrote Tana Mogo it has gone. I looked into it a bit more. It's not gone. Parts of it have burnt down, but it's okay. The candy okay. store is still closed. They're not opening, they've said.
1: People need candy and <laughs> need.
0: Uh, the other that the store that did go out was the local leather working business. Um, okay. so yeah, she, she's lost that. The lady who owns that, uh, fire services advise people to evacuate Tuesday morning, uh, stating any later, it was too late and you had to stay.
1: How's you being told that? Um,
0: so ABC News did ask what Mr. Stables wanted for the new year. And he said, rain. <laughs>
1: Be nice. <laughs>
0: sure, we could all do that. So then I did actually get an updated article because these were all posted on New Year's Day, basically, because it happened mm-hmm. New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, these mm-hmm. fires. Uh, so this is from Seven News. New of Wales bushfires, Mogo Zoo staff continue efforts to save animals ahead of further threats. Uh, this is written by Warren Barnsley for Seven News. So they're currently doing fundraising efforts around the way for the zoo. The federal MP, who I've never heard of, or well, sorry, former federal MP, Emma Hassar, she's ever go farming. That's raised $18,000 for the zoo. Uh, which is enabling things like a generator, water, a firefighting pump, and animal food to be sent to the zoo. Because oh, obviously That's you nice. can't get supplies in, and they've run out of water, yeah. and the generators are down. So they really do need this stuff to keep, hopefully, being able to save it. So the big thing now is we desperately need to get power generators fuel and water. We depleted all the water stores we had. Again, quoting Chad Staples there. Uh, and additionally, also reported by South Coast Bushfires, Mogo Wildlife Park, thank Generous Coal's food donation. Uh, this is from a local newspaper called The Bay Post. Also didn't credit their author.
1: Why, why do they do that? Just say who wrote it. I
0: know. Uh, so, Coles, who... don't mean to get political here, but I think they're a much better supermarket company than Woolies. of you big two you got here in Australia. Uh, Coles had around a ton of fruit and veg and dry feed for the animals. Just to the zoo. That's
1: so nice.
0: Um, They've also been, before you think, what about everyone else? They are donating, actually, in the surrounding areas and to most of New South Wales, Coles. Amelia Pasanovic. So she's the spokesperson for Coles, who they're interviewing. Um, She said, in Batemans Bay and Aladulla, we've provided evening meals and supplies to police stations and the evacuation centres. We've also donated meals and essentials to marine rescue, nursing homes, traffic crews, and the emergency teams. So Coles is out there feeding all the workers, which... They're a big, profitable supermarket chain, they've got food that's already there kind of yeah. thing, like, good like yeah, good on you, Coles. I'm sure Woolies is doing stuff as well. I'm sure they are. But I haven't read it, and I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so some of the things, just to end up here about well, my articles, way shorter than yours, I feel inferior.
1: <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping we're lightening up the mood, and it'll yeah. be less <laughs>
0: jarring going for what you've said to our other stories. Yeah. Uh so along with that, just in this area alone, Coles has donated over twenty pallets of like long life milk and long life food essentials. That's to the state government. And they would also which are then getting dispatched to Marumbula and Eden. I'm not too sure where they are, but they're in that general area. They've also donated ten pallets of food and essentials to food bank in Sydney, along and that's all being sent to the Kabago and Benga evacuation centres. So at least if you get these stuff. evacuation centres, you're not gonna be hungry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And I mean this you're is the- probably gonna
0: be bored and stressed <laughs> yeah. but there's a meal I mean there's coffee
1: that's the thing I have a feeling that people who live near the evacuation centres is probably gonna be like no shortage of people wanting to help so yeah. that's like the silver lining I suppose yeah
0: like if there was one near here I might think about it same Thankfully, I don't think there isn't one near us yeah um, hopefully it's days that way i mean who knows (laughs) i think it'd be very disastrous if there's one near us given
1: how many people live here we're
0: in melbourne and we're only what 10 k's from the cbd yeah
1: in saying that on friday the smoke was so thick in the cbd when i was at work it was crazy
0: yeah Uh, thankfully the winds changed yeah Uh, it is now blowing from the southwest which is pushing the the temperature
1: has dropped here with rain forecast in this area anyway um next week so it's like
0: that'll i mean part of me's like it needs to rain on top of the fire, but yeah. the fire's probably so hot, it's going to evaporate the water from the ground anyway. Yeah. So if it can rain ahead of the fire front and mm-hmm. make that all wet, that's probably the best case scenario right now, especially with these new winds at least coming in. They're pushing it back eastwards, which is the part that's already burnt out, um, so it'll slow down the front, the fire will still keep burning westward. But even if it slows it down and pushes it the other I way. I think, kind of thing, like, hopefully, it turns around to some degree and then it's off to burn. So, well, it'll I mean, go I think,
1: think Victoria's okay at the moment. New South Wales is what we have to worry about. It's yeah. 40 some, it's forty-eight degrees or some stupid shit. Yes, uh, in Penrith, Western Sydney, Penrith <laughs>
0: today reached its highest ever recorded temperature at forty-seven point <laughs> six degrees.
1: I think it got higher than that.
0: That's what I read. It was that was at one something. In the afternoon. And it's now, um, like nearly
1: 6.30, and I think it got for higher. For those
0: still using freedom units, as you like to call them. That's about 117 degrees Fahrenheit, apparently. So, Mogo Zoo, it's still there. Hopefully, it remains that way, and all the animals are
1: safe. I'm glad. I'm glad they had a happy ending. I <laughs> think I could have handled it if it didn't.
0: <laughs> you just want red pandas in the house, do you? I do.
1: Can we get some red pandas? No, they don't belong in the house, but still, they're very cute.
0: They look like cats.
1: <laughs> My next story is super short because I knew I was going to talk forever on the last one. That's something completely different. Look, here's your palate cleanser because I know that reading about the bushfires and everything that's happening is a uh, kind of overwhelming and you feel a little bit helpless. So I'm just going to change the tone completely and we're going to talk about horny kookaburras. Nice. <laughs> a pair of horny kookaburras have caused a mass blackout in Australia <laughs> by having sex <laughs> on top of a power pole. Are they alive? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, oh, animals, I hope it was
0: worth it. I hope the animals don't get hurt. They
1: all survive. These cocavarras fuck themselves to death. Yeah, cut. I mean, I feel like maybe worse ways to go out. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The fact that there was even an article about this is just the greatest thing I like, like, I mean, someone
0: had to be watching it, right? When it yeah. happened.
1: No, no. I have an answer to this one. <laughs> A witness. A witness. <laughs> a man who a was walking. <laughs> no. <laughs> a man who was walking his dog saw the two birds near the power lines. The cockatoos seemed to have gotten too close to the electrical equipment in the heat of the moment and triggered two big blue flashes and a series of loud bangs. <laughs> Moments later, the power went out in more than a thousand homes. <laughs> this is in Perth, by the way. A quote from Western Power spokesperson Paul. Entwistle, this guy's king of puns. Okay, okay. It seems to be a case of a couple of lovebirds who made the wrong connection. Unfortunately,
0: <laughs> they went out with a bang. Sparks are flying that evening.
1: Power was restored to the suburb within a few hours, but unfortunately, the birds didn't survive, <laughs> as they would have been shocked with in between one hundred and fifty-five thousand to one hundred and sixty-five thousand volts. I don't think anyone's surviving that. You're not Especially meant to put that much through your clamps, guys. <laughs> That's way too much. Kookaburra's <laughs> um, <laughs> doing it made an entire suburb lose power. Kookaburra's fucking the telegraph pole.
0: <laughs> I'm sure I could write a parody about that. <laughs> oh, we should end on that story. It here is funny. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mine's a throwback. This is having Christmas Day. Uh, we've got headline here, news.com.au, come on the rescue once again. Queensland cop borrows local family jet ski to catch dangerous Boaty. Again, doesn't list author of the article. Just give you, give them bylines. Give your boys credits. A Gold Coast family will have an interesting Christmas Day story to tell after they helped police apprehend a Boaty who was allegedly driving dangerously through the canals of broad beach waters. The story took place at 6am Christmas morning. <laughs> Okay. Um, police should receive multiple calls just before 6am. Who the fuck?
1: Who was, was awake that early on Christmas Day? Christmas
0: morning, small children. Oh. I was like, who's awake
1: that up? Yeah, okay. Makes Kids. Sense. I'm sure Kids I was wake like up. annoying people yeah. really oh, early in the morning on Christmas Day. 4am kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, for multiple reports of a man in a small boat along the Narang River, uh, allegedly driving dangerously and behaving badly. Oh, I had, like, naughty pie. Um, so, the Queensland police, and I'm shocked by this, they spent more than an hour on the edge of the river trying to get the guy to come into them and, like, yelling at him.
1: So they were just, like, standing at the edge going, look, get back here. <laughs> you
0: now, this is, like, down around the Gold Coast, where there's, like, a lot of water and a lot of homes back on the water, and they've got, like, all those little canals in there. Yeah, I guess. You think the police there... Would have some sort of boat presence.
1: You would think so, right? <laughs> or at least have the ability to um, have one.
0: But he um, allegedly continued to speed off. Shockingly, the man's not willing to turn himself in. Okay. Also, I don't know what he's doing. It sounds like he's out there drunk on the water at six AM. What kind of night was he th- having. This is
1: what I'm imagining. I'm imagining the police standing on like the shore or whatever, or like a jetty or something, just screaming, Come back here, and him going, No. no! Uh, Best so part is there is actually video footage. Oh, excellent.
0: Um, it's first person from the officer's chest cam. Oh, no. So you get to watch him on the jet ski, but all you can really see is the front of the jet ski. Right. But it's good. It's on their Twitter page. If you want to check out the Queensland Police Twitter page, put it up. We'll link to it as well, probably. Yeah, will. They posted it on December 22nd, sorry, December 26th at about 2 p.m. to help you find it in your search there. Yeah, in footage posted online by police, an officer is hired repeatedly calling for the driver to stop. And he is, he's like, <laughs> stop. Can I want you to come in. And the boat's just like, you can't hear the guy at the boat unfortunately
1: damn so i'm just imagining him screaming no (laughs) (laughs) no yeah
0: (laughs) a couple of a nearby family and really it was like a couple of brothers and their cousin uh were nearby and they actually offered their jet ski to the officer so like they're on a dock nearby minding their own business (laughs) at 6am in the morning on christmas day see this officer being like stop get here now and they're (laughs) like do you want to borrow our jet ski um so brothers max matthew and ben townley and their cousin hugo I assume it's also townly Notice the man allegedly behaving erratically on the canal. Quoting Matthew here. I walked down to the deck as soon as I woke up and the police came over to me. and I realized what was happening. I just looked down and saw this guy driving his tinny with his Christmas lights on, just crashing into jetties. It was crazy. He was doing circles and yelling out random things. Uh, his brother Max adds, He was being a bit of a nuisance and a threat to the public. These kids, they're not real.
1: Oh my lord, they are tiny. <laughs> they're like what? 10? Well, that's the oldest. Twelve? He looked
0: probably 16 maybe,
1: 15. Okay, he looks He's got a, a man, little I'm bit...
0: Of, uh, <laughs> They're not old. They're not old kids. So I think it's pretty funny. Like, yeah, so they let him as they like take the jet ski. <laughs> uh, so we offered them the jet ski and they cornered him in the canal behind us and the police team on the land took him into custody. So they had more police on the land. This one obviously gets on the jet ski, starts chasing the guy in the dinghy. It's like a small little boat for people who don't know what a dinghy is. Yeah. And uh, he herds him. Onto, like, more police waiting on the shore. Uh, yeah, so after a short pursuit through the canals, guided the driver to shore, we was met by more police. They arrested the 46-year-old Boarbridge Waters man who allegedly had drugs in the boat when he was caught.
1: No wonder he didn't want to come in. <laughs> uh,
0: the alleged drugs have been taken by police for analysis. He's going to court. Would appear to was court Was there any Friday. quotes
1: from him? Because I would love to no, hear what he was doing.
0: Police later gave a shout-out to the family in the statement, saying police would like to thank the family that helped officers on the day. A true Christmas gift.
1: Lovely. <laughs> I, just, I would have loved a quote from the guy who got
0: caught. <laughs> go.
1: No, I just I would have loved to have, like heard his excuse because I, I reckon it would have been gold.
0: <laughs> I think he was just up all night, yeah, getting smashed, and was like, "I'm gonna go drive my boat." <laughs> yeah,
1: <sighs> you know when like you're drunk and you have those really good ideas, but they're not good ideas. I feel like that's what he was going through. Yeah. Okay. And well,
0: that finally brings us to the I was going to
1: say I feel a lot better after hearing those last two.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you stayed for the whole thing.
1: Yeah, thank you. This was um You
0: skipped ahead. We understand. Yeah. If you turn it off, you're not going to hear this message, but I guess I get it. No. Yeah, we get you it. You don't it's, want to listen to all that all the time, but
1: you know, I, I don't I don't envision well, I hope that I don't we don't have to do episodes like that again, you know. Like I would like to keep this pretty light-hearted, but it's kind of hard to ignore when pretty much your entire country Is in crisis. Mm. So, I just felt that we had to. Yeah. Really. It's hard Um, to
0: Yeah, as always, if you'd like to submit anything to us, maybe you've got local newspapers, or you'd like to let us know what you think of the podcast, we'd love some feedback. Or just say hello. You can do that. Probably best to do that on Twitter, actually. You can email us, as always, at podcast at gmail.com, or podcast at gmail.com, however you want to say it. Follow us on Twitter at fuckmedeadpod. Uh, we we update Twitter throughout the week. Yeah, links to our I, stories, I try to keep it pictures. Fair we'll put up the picture of those giraffes. We'll yeah, to the. We'll retweet the Queensland police for you so they can <laughs> see the footage of the guy chasing the officer, <laughs> or what? It, what? It, no, the officer chasing the guy. Whatever yeah. the story was, I don't remember. <laughs> I just read it. Um, subscribe. We're on everything by the sounds of it.
1: Yes, we're on most... Well, I mean, if you're listening to this, you already know how to listen to us.
0: Yeah. Tell your Um, friends if they say, I don't like that one, well, we're on something else they probably do listen to.
1: Exactly. We're on all of the things, No. as far as I'm aware anyway. Toasters. (laughs) Yeah, not toasters. Toasters don't do podcasts, as far as I'm aware anyway. They probably will one day. Actually, that'd be so handy. But, you know, you're cooking in the kitchen, you can just listen to a podcast on your toaster candy. You're looking at me like, no.
0: Just use your phone.
1: Yeah, I know, but like say your phone somewhere else. Don't have to go get it. You can just turn your toaster on. <sighs>
0: <sighs> Alexa, play Despacita.
1: <laughs> oh dear. Alexa, cook toast.
0: <laughs> Alexa, stop selling my secrets to Bozo. <laughs> no, nah, she can do that, Sean.
1: We also have a website. We have which, a website. Which, you know, has links to all the apps and stuff. Or you can listen to it directly through that, actually. What is our website? It is fuckmedeadpodcast.com. We'll also have all of that information in the show notes, because, you know, I know when I listen to a podcast, I'm not writing that shit down. (laughs) So.
0: (laughs) let me just pause the podcast and get a pen. (laughs)
1: Yeah, no. No. What year is this? Uh
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just uh, open up your other phone, put the dictation on when I read it out, it'll be fine. (laughs) Dictation's really good with my voice. It gets it perfectly, because my accent isn't weird at all.
1: Yeah, okay. Um (laughs) Okay.
0: I hate voice recognition software.
1: I know. It's definitely not designed for people who, our accents. Yeah,
0: Scottish accents, also oh, apparently bad. Uh, it doesn't work for people who grew up in multiple countries and don't have any distinctly discernible accent.
1: Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thanks we for hope you're safe. Yes. Please stay safe. And if you get told to evacuate, just please do it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, can't be replaced.
0: Don't stay behind. Yes, I think that's it for this week. First well technically second episode of the new year we'll be back next week yes. same time same place i don't know what time our podcast actually goes up do we have a set time we put them up um wednesday I
1: mean, it, it's when i usually uh set them to release pretty early wednesday morning so by the time you wake up it should be there although the last week that didn't happen because of new year's eve and i finished late and it didn't publish until like 11 a.m no. but that shouldn't happen no one probably. wakes
0: up early on Tuesday, anyway.
1: <laughs> and i messed up the editing yay <laughs> right. okay bye
0: everyone out